Now, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, please turn in your Bibles. Please turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 12, uh, verse 35, and we're going to read a ways down. As I preach in your hearing, as I continue to preach in your hearing, how to be ready and how to wait. How to be ready and how to wait, part five, on this Saturday night. The Second Coming Chapel sermon, and we have way more Saturday nights than this, but when we started counting, this makes 329 Saturday nights. Luke, chapter 12, verses 35 through 48. Let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning. Be ready to fight and let your light shine. And that's what we all, as God's people, should be doing. And just because many are not, does not mean that you should not. You may be a part of the faithful few, but God is the majority by himself. All by himself. And he'll use you if you if you join up with him and obey him. He'll use you as well. And ye yourselves like unto men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, they may open unto him immediately. Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find watching. Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so, blessed are those servants blessed are those servants that's good blessed are those servants and this know that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come he would have watched 
and not have suffered his house to be broken through. Be ye therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when ye think not. Then Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even to all? And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Let's pray over here. Turn the back of that. Holy Father God in heaven, Lord, tonight, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven tonight. I praise you and I thank you for a magnificent devotional service earlier today. <clears throat> I praise you and I thank you for the help of my children uh, in the ministry. I believe my daughter, uh, oldest daughter Danny, is responsible for some money coming into the ministry. but they don't want to tell me. I praise you and thank you for that. I praise you and thank you for the birthday girl, birthday girl, Daniqua, Grace White. Uh, who is celebrating her birthday and uh, who has been faithful for many years in serving you very dependable, very consistent, and has set a great example for her younger siblings. Uh, uh, down through the years of being faithful and consistent in getting work done. And I give you the glory, praise, and honor for that. I pray that you will open up great doors for her as I told her, I have envisioned her doing uh, something great in the future. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, and I know as far as you're concerned, all of them have done something great by helping the Gospel Light Society Ministries, which started way back in 1983. Uh, get online and impact the world that way as well in such a powerful way in such an amazing way when people ask me to come and preach in their churches uh, I have not after traveling around the world I have not been inclined to do that because the reason why they were asking me to come is because they saw me online and uh, 
and they just need to, and some have expanded the viewing where they are, gathering the church around to hear the preaching of the gospel in your holy word. And I thank you for that. Thank you for this technology, which is amazing and far beyond me. And I know that you're the one who gave people the brains to envision it and to do it and to know what to do with it. And uh, Holy Father God, I, my prayer is that lost souls would be saved. Lost souls have been saved. People have been prayed for. Millions have heard the gospel. And uh, thousands have been born again. Thousands of Christians have been encouraged and rebuked uh, to and exhorted to go on in the faith by the technology that you wrought. And this is out of all of the technologies you created. Radio, television, the internet is the most pervasive. Uh, it covers more ground than the other two and reaches and has the potential of reaching every nick and uh, uh, every corner of the earth in a very real sense. And so we thank you for that. And so, Holy Father God, on tonight, as people are gathering on, Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for the millions and the many and the manifold blessings that you have bestowed upon us. And Lord, help all of us who name the name of Christ to be humble, to pray, to seek your face, to turn from our wicked ways, and to repent. Help us all to die to self. Lord, I know that may sound frightening to some people who don't know you as Savior. And it may sound frightening to some people who do. But we all need to do as Paul did and die to self on a daily basis. And to accept the fact that we are nothing and we can't do anything. I know this goes against Wall Street and Fifth Avenue. And it goes against the uh, the uh, speakers, motivational speakers. But the reality, Lord, we can't even get saved from hell without you. And if we can't do that, Lord, uh, we need your grace to do everything else. And so, Holy Father God... Uh, I praise you and I thank you for salvation and spiritual, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision, mental and physical blessings that you have bestowed upon us every day of our lives. And uh, Lord, that's a many days and I thank you so much because the truth of the matter is as we have traveled the dangerous highways and as we have been, as my little brother 
uh, Tony used to say, we have been so arrogant as to get on a plane and fly somewhere, even across the ocean. Uh, Lord, we could have been dead a long time ago. And because we're wicked people, should be dead and in hell. Help us never to forget that. If it were not for your grace, your love, your mercy, and we are reminded tonight, Lord, that God is love, you are love, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish in the hell we deserve but have everlasting life. Lord, help us not to forget these simple truths. Some of us learned these things when we were in uh, Sunday school many years ago, but we didn't understand them. We were blinded to them. They were really not taught to us in a real sense. But Lord, in your mercy and grace, you uh, walked us down by your love. I know you did it for me because I was not looking for you and I didn't even know I needed to escape hell. So Lord, thank you for saving our wretched souls by your grace and now giving us the hope of the second coming of Christ, the rapture of the church, telling us how we ought to live in light of your second coming. Holy Father God, you have been very good to us and we know that you want more people to experience it. That's why uh, you're not willing that any should perish. That's why you're tarrying, rather, because you want more people to come to salvation through Christ and to repentance. For there's really no salvation without people repenting of their sins, and they are uh, things that are done at the same time. I know you did it at the same time in my life. I believed in Christ, but I also repented of my sins. And sin began to bother me like never before. I was the ring leader, as you know, Lord, of the sin party. And uh, I thought people were crazy if they didn't sin. And But Lord, you saved my soul in an Apostle Paul-type salvation experience, a complete turnaround, December the 19th, 1979, I didn't do it for my parents and all my family members and in fact found out that I, uh, they were religious and I have not been close to any of them for the same number of years because something happened in me uh, that day that evidently didn't happen to them at that time. And uh, but I thank you, Lord, that, that my father got saved. I do believe he is a born-again man and is in heaven. I pray for the rest of my family to have the same experience that you gave me. That their salvation is not nebulous and uh, uh, can't be remembered, but something that they can remember. 
I pray that for my own wife. I pray that for her family, my family, and the family people, the families of the people gathered tonight in this country and around the globe. And Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would cast out the devil and the demons of hell and the satanic demonic spirit of Judas, Jezebel, Sanballat, and Tobias. Demons that have been locked up in the souls of these two families for generations. The demon spirits of lying and covering up things and secrets. The demon spirits of hating your gospel and hating anybody who stands for your gospel and preaches your gospel and preaches your word, the whole counsel of God, especially because it smokes them out of their sin corners and, uh, and uh, who have a Judas spirit of betrayal of you and of the gospel and, and they hate the gospel, they hate the preaching of your word. Lord, one of the most uh, uh, strangest things, uh, one of the strangest things rather that I have had to experience in the ministry is the spirit of Judas in my own wife and that she has imparted to our some of our children but I thank you it's not as bad but is is there that demon demon spirit is there because these children suck the breasts of these uh, of my of this woman and was around that spirit for many years and it is a demonic spirit of betrayal and I thank you Lord that I thank you for counting me uh, worthy to go through that process uh, for you went through it and Holy Father God you went through it uh, and it, it comes from the spirit of Satan, the spirit of Judas, and uh, the spirit of your enemies being they of your own household. And Holy Father God, I can truly say I, it is a pleasure to me to go through it with Paul. You gave me that experience even before you helped me to understand that principle. Uh, I quoted many times your holy words that said, In this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And I, I thank you, Lord, tonight that my, all of my children and even my worst enemy, my wife, Marika White, have seen me throughout their lives to be a cheerful person and never being a person uh, down in the dumps where I can't function and I can't preach and all of that but served you cheerfully even when I didn't have the support that I should have had from my own wife and uh, and even my own extended family members who uh, should be extremely proud considering where I come from being the worst of the worst uh, being 
the most wicked family member, the black sheep of the family, never into serving in church like my other three siblings. Never, never, never. Hated it with a passion. But you saved my soul and you changed my life. And it would seem that they would be happy, but they never have been. And so I give you the glory, praise, and honor anyhow. And Holy Father God, I pray, Lord, tonight uh, that you would, for those of us who are saved and born again, tonight please deliver us from temptation, evil, and sin. Grant us, Lord, your grace and the power of your Holy Spirit to love right, to live right, to think right, to do right, to act right, and to do that which is pleasing in your sight. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. And Holy Father God, I pray for the salvation of every lost soul under the sound of my voice tonight. Thank you for the tremendous service earlier today. And uh, thank you, Lord, for my son getting those up and out so quickly so that the demand-on-demand demand crowd uh, can hear it. And uh, Lord, bless him for doing that and bless my all of my children for doing that. They have uploaded thousands of podcasts and videos down through the years that are still, in fact, I saw some videos. In fact, one is going should be starting this week on BCNN one and other places dealing with the Hell House experience. Uh, two things ought to be running, uh, starting uh, leading up to. Halloween and Lord help us to make sure that we all have our tracks that we have passed out traditionally on Halloween so that people can hear the gospel, see the gospel, read the gospel, understand the gospel and be saved. And Holy Father God, revive those of us who are saved, heal those of us who need healing but help us, Lord, to come to you right and in faith with sins confessed and repented of. And Holy Father God, uh, I do pray that you would comfort those who are grieving. Lord, I think about the over one million people, and no doubt is way more than that, who are without electricity, electricity in Ukraine. And uh, just that is is a problem um, when you have that many people who don't have electricity for us who have been who are used to it. And uh, Holy Father God, we pray for the millions of people who are still dealing with the coronavirus plague. Some people, their personalities have changed. Uh, their mentality has changed. It has affected their lives tremendously. And Lord, uh, and more plagues have come out of those plagues. And people are doing something very, very unwise. 
they're trying to act like everything is all right. It's a psychological mechanism of denial. Uh, millions of people are in denial tonight. Millions of people, thousands of them who are in churches, in denial. They, they are trying their best to uh, think that this is all not real. But it is very real and it's very unfortunate that they are trying to do that because they are going to be in for a rude awakening because things are going to ratchet up more as you have spoken to my heart and get worse and worse. And so Holy Father God help the wise saints prepare uh, and Lord I do pray also that you would for those of us who are saved and born again I thank you for uh, all of the things that we're going through and dealing with and uh, I, I take pleasure in them as Paul said and I am of good cheer about them and at the same time Lord I pray for those of us who are saved and born again and striving to serve you if you can lift all of our, if you would lift all of our burdens, cares, worries, and anxieties, troubles, problems, and fears, fill us with your peace that pass of all understanding and your joy unspeakable. And only do this, Lord, if it's something that you're not using to buffet us uh, and to humble us and keep us humble. The same thing, Lord, with uh, distresses and uh, afflictions, tribulations, troubles, trials, temptations, tests, and tensions. Deliver us from these things if you don't, if you're not using them to buffet us and to keep us humble as you did Paul. Lord, have all of the uh, thorns of the flesh to remain in place because we know that you're not going to answer that prayer. And Holy Father God, Help all of your true saints to be thankful for the troubles and tribulations and trials and temptations and tests they face and tensions they face and to rejoice in it and to accept the help that you give us to be humble and to stay humble and not to get the big head and not to get puffed up with the gifts and talents and revelations that you give us. Holy Father God, help us not to become arrogant, but to be humble, understanding you're the one who gives us these abilities. And Holy Father God, we pray that you deliver us also from all spiritual and mental, physical and emotional, family and financial, uh, legal, student loan debt, student progress problems. Lord, help all of my children to take advantage of uh, something that I have been praying for, for them and all people who went through the plague of the coronavirus <coughs> where things were not normal. And to me, they ought to forgive all of that. That would be a great help. Just don't send out any more checks. Just, just wipe that off the books and give people a fresh start and get out of the loan business. And so, Holy Father God, I pray in the name 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for allowing things to be as well as they are, for they could be worse, they should be worse, because we're the worst. Uh, Lord, uh, I believe that we're the worst Laodicean church ever. It is pathetic what we have done in your sight. And I believe that you have spewed us out of your mouth. And that's what we deserve. And we deserve to go to hell for what we've done against you. As good as you have been to us. And I know you waited as long as you could wait to drop the boom down on us of chastisement and rebuke. And I thank you for it. It's not fun, it's not easy, but I thank you for it. And Holy Father God, I pray that you would bless and protect, Lord, my family and all of the families uh, participating tonight and all true Christians everywhere uh, in this country and around the globe and protect us all, Lord, from ourselves our flesh and the devil and protect us Lord from evil people in the family evil people in the church and evil people in the world in Jesus Christ's name I do pray have all that we do and say tonight and throughout this weekend to be done for your glory your praise and your honor and for the glory praise and honor of Jesus Christ Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, and Dr. Billy Graham said, our world is filled with fear, hate, lust, greed, war. And let me pause on that word war before the services tonight I uh, my wife knows what I do as a prophet to the world and she helps me to get the message out in written form so she's very aware of all of the things that I have said all of the things that I have predicted in fact she, for some reason, she remembers the night on a Saturday night like this in the Second Coming Chapel service. And I hope that once my daughter Daniqua uh, is finished partying and my daughter Danielle and my son Daniel Ezekiel and others could help as well, Daniqua, Danny, Daniel, and Anita. Uh, I can't pinpoint the date. I know we have the podcast in the video. If anybody can pinpoint the date and the time, it would be my wife, Marika White. She can figure it out. So uh, I hope that they will work together to get that so we, so I can produce that podcast and that video but she remembers that evening when I preached and I predicted what's happening in the world today that because of the sins of America the American church 
in America and the world. Uh, I, I, I said back then that God is slowly but surely and lovingly dismantling and destroying America. And I'm thinking it was like nine years ago, nine to ten years ago, on a Saturday night. And I can remember it too. I remember it clearly. And I predicted that if America did not repent, if the church in America did not repent, that we would be in a war, a world, a world war type scenario with Russia, China, uh, Iran, and North Korea. And, uh, and because God is not with us, God is not with America as he used to be. It would not turn out well. And all of that is happening today with those four uh, actors being involved, big time. Russia is threatening to use nuclear weapons for the first time since Kennedy. So is China. And they can, they, they, it is said they will probably invade Taiwan this year before Christmas, before the end of the year. North Korea is still sh shooting bombs like they're on a playground somewhere. Uh, over Japan and over South Korea. Iran is in war with Russia right now. The world war has already started. World War Three has already started. Right now the world is on the battlefield in Ukraine. When China strikes Taiwan, that's going to be another leg of the war. And, and and that is supposed to bring America slap up against China because Taiwan is an island like the Virgin Islands and they are Chinese people and they have a behemoth above them that they're not prepared to deal with and the truth of the, mar the matter is and I I know it may sound kind of arrogant to tell President Biden that he does not need to be trying to fight China because God is not with us anymore. And these four countries, by the way, they, they, they are not super duper Christian people. Some are not at all. Some are atheists. And they persecute Christians. But they have not done what America has done in God's sight, and that is sanctioned and endorsed the abomination of homosexuality when we all know historically Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed because of it. Greece was destroyed because of this foolishness of homosexuality, and so was Rome. See? Anybody with common sense. And see, these people, Russia, China, 
North Korea, uh, Iran, they have enough sense to know that that's going to disrupt society. And here we got drag queens in America teaching children and these devilish people in the government and in churches are pushing for it. And these other countries see what's going on in America with children walking up to monstrous drag queens and giving them a dollar bill. You got to be kidding me. Drag queens teaching children in the library, reading books to them. Perverted, demonic, homosexual books in the public school system, and they want to take the Bible out. Now, uh, the people of the government of China, the government of Russia, the government of Iran, the government of Saudi Arabia, all of these things, all of these countries are gathering together against America and the weak and foolish acting West. Because, you know what, you know why? Because anybody who would tolerate that in a country, in a uh, state in a city, they know these people have lost their minds. They are not worthy to try to work with. They're not worthy to be trying to shake hands with them. When they got people in the government, men who dress like women and walk grown men as dogs, they can't get with you like that. They laugh at you. They laugh at your weakness and your wickedness and your foolishness. And they may be lost as Hogan's goat themselves, but they have common sense to know you cannot introduce that in a society. You cannot allow that in any society because it will turn your society upside down as it has done in America and in the West. The Chinese, the Russians in government, Iran, Iran, however you want to pronounce it, North Korea, they laugh at such foolishness as a movie called Bros with two men grabbing each other's buttocks. Don't bow your head, it's not time to pray. Pastors in churches, dressed in drag, teaching your children. Teaching your children in small groups, walking in the church in drag. A popular television show uh, called The Drag Race with RuPaul, a man look, looking just as a woman. They laugh at this foolishness. They, they feel sorry for you. And, 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 and what, what bothers them, your government officials trying to push that on them and trying to get them to shake hands with homosexuals and men with lipstick on and all this kind of foolishness, they don't want to do that. See, that's what's happening. And, and by the way, that's the underlying reason. It's not over land. None of, and, uh, that's a smoke screen. They believe that America and the West, with their churches helping to lead the way, including the Pope and the Catholic Church, with their homosexual, child molesting priests, they 
don't want to be dealing with people like that and they don't want you to be trying to push that mess on them. The war is over this damnable foolishness. God is the one who stirs up people against people who shall know better. His, his Israelites of the day, the church of the day. We, we, we should know better. But the church is equally at fault, and I believe more so at fault, along with the government of the U.S. and Western governments, for they have slightly led the way to these abominations going on in our society today, which the whole country is upset, and, and it, should not have, it should have never happened. The church knows what's going on. They know why this is happening. They let it happen. And now they don't have any power or any uh, authority to stop it. And so we got little governors out here like DeSantis trying to stop this flood of evil that pastors have allowed to happen in this country. And now we got a bunch of little pastors running around uh, in politics trying to solve the problem when it should have been solved by the church being the witnesses that God wanted us to be, that Jesus told us to be, and the prayer warriors that we should have been. This would have never happened in America, and therefore it would have never happened in the West. Oh, but now we want to go fight Mickey Mouse and follow a little songwriter, uh, a little praise singer, worship leader down to fight Mickey Mouse. Get out of here. Mickey Mouse is not the problem. Did you ever witness the Mickey Mouse? No, you ran, you ran down to Mickey Mouse and Disneyland and everything else just like the world did to so-called have fun. You never witnessed the Mickey Mouse or to Minnie or anybody else. You didn't tell anybody at Disney about Jesus. Didn't even leave a gospel track. And now you want to go up against Mickey Mouse and his homosexuality and foolishness and transgenderism and everything. It's too late. It's too late. And you're not going to win anything by the, the ballot box. That's a hollow, if you win anything, it's a hollow victory. That's not going to last. We failed God. We failed Jesus Christ as a church. Now, God, God, God may not put it in these terms. <clears throat> He's so loving and so merciful beyond what we can imagine. But I'm, I am, as his prophet, I'm telling you, and he wants me to tell you, that we failed God, we failed Jesus Christ, we failed the church, we failed the public school system, we failed the community, we failed the city, we failed the state, we failed the national government, and we, the worst Laodicean church in the history of the world, has failed the world. That's a fact. Why? Because we refuse, first of all, some of us are not even saved through the great new methods that the church growth movement created. We have filled the church with tares who don't know Jesus. Uh, and I can't even compare, I can't even compare Jesus to anything. So I, they don't know Jesus at all. And we have more tares in the church than wheat. Why? Because we didn't pray without ceasing. 
Instead, we played without ceasing. Why? Because we disobeyed the great commandment. Love everybody, love God, love everybody else. As we love ourselves. And we failed to obey the great commission. That's why we're in the mess we're in today. And I told my wife before church services tonight with all of that said. That war is not only hell, it's stupid. Seriously, see, you can only, uh, you can only uh, appreciate that if you're saved and born again and you have some wisdom and knowledge and understanding. This is stupid. Lobbing bombs on people's houses and residences and blowing up perfectly good buildings. In this day and time, that's insane. And it's, it's, it was, you know, it's been insane for centuries. War is not only hell, it is stupid. But yet we have wars and rumors of wars. People wasting their lives, wasting their lives and putting people back into the dark ages that they're going to have to rebuild and take another 200 years to rebuild. Dr. Billy Graham continues, war and utter despair. Surely the second coming of Jesus Christ is the only hope of replacing these depressing features with trust, love, universal peace, and prosperity. And Dr. Bob Deffenbaugh continues as we picked up on something he said that I want you to understand and I want you to get. He continues, leading is not a contradiction to serving. Allow me to repeat that. He said, leading is not a contradiction to serving, but a form of serving. And as I told you last time when I dealt with this series, Queen Elizabeth was the best ever outside of Jesus Christ as far as I'm concerned. She wielded great power and influence, but she was committed to service to the people, yet she reigned. She didn't have to call herself what preachers try to call themselves today, which is very stupid. A servant leader. You know why they call themselves a servant leader? Because uh, the generation of preachers today, they're hooked on titles. They they want to be somebody. They just don't. They they can't. They don't, they don't want to just be a servant. They got to be a servant leader. They got to get that leader in there. That's that's a that's a creation of some evangelical uh, theological student or writer. They got to get that leader in there, that leadership. And, and, and then what happens is in the symposiums and uh, the so-called conferences and the books that come out, the emphasis is on leadership. I thank God somebody wrote an article in Church Leaders, not Church Servants. They ought to change the name to Church Servants, and they know they should. They don't want to do that because they want everybody to think they're important. 
they're, they're, they're tapping into, into people's pride. See? And, and it's, it's, it's a sad matter because most of the people who read church leaders, most of them have quit the ministry. Uh, the so-called church leaders or servant leaders, many of them have quit, 60 to 70% of them have quit the ministry. You know why? Because they don't want to be servants. They want to be leaders, and, 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 and all of that has failed. All of that church leadership talk has failed, and it has flopped. And, and, and people, because you might raise your congregation up to 500 people, you're a great church leader. And don't forget the saying, everything rises and falls on leadership. Baloney. Everything rises and falls on God and Jesus, period. The power of the Holy Ghost. Everything rises, how about this one? Everything rises and falls on your prayer life. Everything rises and falls on your confessing all of your sins and repenting and stop looking at pornography. How about that? A pastor committed suicide today or yesterday because he's being held, I believe he was in jail when he did it, for child molestation. A trial or two or three regarding child molestation. You wonder why people are doing stuff like that? The demonism behind pornography. See? When you ought to be satisfying your sexual needs with your wife and your wife alone, your husband and your husband alone, we got people, thousands of people. You know why they're not having sex? I don't know how people do these polls, but they have the polls out there where most men have not had sex. Most young men, single men, have not had sex in over a year. You know why? Because they're looking at pornography and they're in dreamland masturbating. Oh, preacher, you ought not to say things like that in mixed company uh, 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 over the air like this. Well, you're doing it. I mean, you, it's not like you don't know what I'm talking about. M men and women. And they're getting the short end of the stick, pun not intended. That's not, that's not the way God intended. And so it's not going to be what it should be. That's a dead-end street, looking at people in, on a screen that you can't see and masturbating. You need to get married and enjoy sex with a sex, uh, with, a, uh, with your opposite sex spouse. It's unfortunate I have to say that, but I have to say that today. Because you cannot be married to the same sex. That's impossible. It's an impossibility. It does not count. See, just because you can do something, you wicked human beings, does not mean it counts in heaven with God. See, that, everything rises and falls on that kind of stuff. Confessing your sins, repenting of your sins, stop being a liar, stop being a thief, stop being a hypocrite. Being a phony and a fake. The Adams family behind the scenes. But the Brady bunch in front of your other church liars. 
It's not church leaders, it's church liars is what we got going on today. Nobody wants to be a servant like Jesus is and was when he was on earth and will be in the future according to this passage. And yet be king. See, because we think it's about ruling over others and having others to serve us. When Jesus flipped the script, then not only did he serve the people when he was here, washing the disciples' feet, that's mind, when you think about it, that's mind-blowing. Because he just got through walking on the water, you know, on his own feet. And so, uh, but he served us so deeply. He allowed himself to be humiliated before the world. Now, let me tell you something. You can't make this up. Do you hear me? How Jesus Christ died? And, and let me just go ahead and say this right now. I'm, I'm asking, since T.D. Jakes might be mad at me and, and won't do what I, I'm, I'm asking him to do. Will Smith is probably still getting over slapping a man publicly. Uh, who else? The other fellow. Uh, he's probably still hurting over his divorce. Uh, they won't. They they're not doing what I need for them to do. So I'm going to ask Denzel Washington tonight myself. I need for you to play pilot for just one half hour. I don't have any money to pay you. Just do it for the glory of God. And I, I want you to go off in that scene when, you're, when, when, when Pilate is questioning Jesus. That's all I want. That's all I want you to do, man. One half hour. I want that scene for Easter. I really don't want anybody else to do it. Because I know you can pull it off. Your, 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 the way you act and the, your facial expressions. I can see you now. I want you to do that, brother. I don't have a dime to pay you. But I believe that you'll be, you'll be uh, rewarded well. Well, don't you know that Pilate was right? I don't care about that. You're the only black actor who can pull it off. It will be believable because of I know because I know what you can do. I really don't want anybody else to do it. So and I and remind me remind me that we're gonna put that in BC and we're gonna leave it up there until he answers. On Monday. If not tomorrow. I don't want to do it tomorrow. I, I want you to do that. That scene where you're question, Pilate is questioning Jesus, and Jesus wouldn't say anything. I can see you now. I can see you doing it now. You're not going to talk to me, huh? Because I know how I want it done, I should be the director of you in doing it. And then who knows? If you don't do it, I might do it. And I have not acted a lick. My point is, however, what?
kind of humility is this to allow yourself God in the flesh this is beyond our imaginations we can't we can't get this we can't we can't get our heads around this man woman what kind of humility is this you are God in the flesh Emmanuel God with us allowing yourself to hang naked and humiliated and beaten beyond recognition blood flowing down from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet and you never did anything wrong and as the old black preachers used to say you didn't say a mumbling word now that's humility for you that's a servant for you he served us sinners big time to save our souls from the hell we deserve but yet we worship him now as the king of kings don't mind saying it either king of kings and lord of lords that's service and and he's honored all over the world because of his service his service and that's the deepest greatest form of service the world has ever seen God in the flesh Jesus Christ giving up his life willingly beaten beyond recognition crucified in the worst way and he never did anything wrong every mouth ought to be stopped everybody ought to shut up and worship the king Jesus Christ and you are arrogant and proud pastor sir so-called uh, 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 preacher of the gospel and you're proud and arrogant and you want to be a servant leader get out of here get out of here man you want to be a servant. You can't just say servant, huh? Huh? You got to put that servant leader. I'm a servant leader at so-and-so church. Get out of here, man. Some view leadership as an opportunity for others to serve you. And that's how mo most churches are set up. Everybody's serving the pastor. And some of it is 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 so is sickening how people uh, s uh, supposed to be little uh, armor bearers and that's not in the bible got little servants following you around like you have an entourage i saw a video the other day of a so-called female pastor going into a restaurant with a bold uh serious looking face like she was so important like she was the president of the whole world and had her other female bodyguards and armor bearers with her they marching into a uh, I guess a sonic restaurant or some kind of restaurant and they call themselves protecting her this is disgusting what you people have done got pastors with 
bodyguards in their own church. People can't touch them. They walk out after they preach and they, nobody, and they throw a cape on like they're Superman and nobody can touch them. <laughs> Don't touch the man of God. Don't touch the woman of God. Such wickedness and such foolishness. You people have lost your minds. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> you people have lost your minds. A man came to uh, a church, you know, it's one of these holiness uh, charismatic churches where they really go crazy over stuff like that. Like they, the, the pastor's royalty and the, the woman of God is royalty and so on. Well, this man was the husband of this this uh, so-called female pastor, which there's no such thing as a female pastor, period. I don't care if you like it or not. I said it. There's no such thing as a female apostle, a female pastor. Jesus never chose a female apostle. No, Mary Magdalene was not an apostle. No. Now you call yourself apostle. You call yourself bishop. There's no such thing as a female bishop. Anyway, she was supposed to be some kind of prophetess. I have no problem with prophetesses. That's in the Bible. Or some kind of pastor or something. Well, her husband came calling. Her husband went to the church to see her and to talk with her, ask her a question. I don't know. Maybe the house was on fire. I don't know. And her little armor bearers popped out there and, oh, sir, you can't see the woman of God right now. He said, Negro, have you lost your mind? That's my wife. The, the woman of God, that's my wife. See? see how crazy people get? And somebody got shot over that. Foolishness. Everybody's so important. Everybody's so important in the Laodicean church of the day, my friends. Everybody has a title. You're sick in the head, people out here with uh, trying to have a title. Nobody gives a flip what your title is. It's only you who think that's important because you're uneducated. You have a fake degree. And all of you people who got a, a degree that's fake from a, a diploma mill or whatever, uh, stop calling yourself doctor. And that you know that your church gave you and all of that. The church, the church does not have the authority to give anything like that. Now, if you're going to have a a civilized society, but you're so into titles, the church is so into titles. I'm apostle so and so. I'm bishop so and so. I'm pastor so and so. I'm evangelist so-and-so. I, I know what God called me to be. I don't even use titles. I have not used titles in 40-something years. You know why? Because, <clears throat> because you people have messed those up. Because 80% uh, uh, of you are not worthy of the title. And, it's, and not only that, God never used those words to be attached to your name as a title. Paul's name was Paul. John's name was John. Here you... Archbishop, I, I told you about the woman in, in, in a storefront and had about 18 members. She called herself Archbishop so-and-so. People are so insecure with themselves because some of them are not saved. Many of these people are not saved. They're so insecure. See, if you get saved, you're not going to have you're, you're not going to have that spirit. You don't want no. You don't want titles and things put on you like that. 
if you're born again and you're saved because you're not insecure like that. You're hungry for a title. You want recognition. And you know what? What, what I see is the people who do that and they're so hungry for that and they want you to, to call them by that. That means something to them. Why? Because they're very small people. Do you hear me? They are very small people who think a title is going to make them big. And guess what? Nobody gives them what they think is due them because they know you're hungry for recognition. You don't want to be a servant. You want to be somebody important. And you want to spread it abroad that you are an apostle and you're a bishop and you're this and that. And many people in, in the black charismatic church has killed it dead. So insecure, so uh, needy and want somebody to recognize you. And if you can't get your uh, 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 biblical name like bishop and apostle, is lady this and lady that, first lady this, second lady, third lady, fourth lady, fifth lady, queen bee, princess, and everything else. And people, listen to me. That is not about anything. I hate to bust it to you and, and, and burst your bubble. <laughs> but that's not about anything. Get over it. You're nothing without Christ. How about that? You can't do anything without Christ. It's not about the title. It's about the service you render to God. Evangelists, evangelism is for people who evangelize. Do you evangelize? Well, it's take the name off because if you don't evangelize, then shut up. Huh? You're not an evangelist. So don't call yourself that if you don't evangelize. You just want the title. You want to be recognized. Hey, evangelist uh, Sarah Sue, come on, people. Come on with this mess. Stop it. All, all that should have been wiped out from the flood of the plague coronavirus. Wiped out. That's, that's why plagues come, to wipe out foolishness. But the Bible speaks of leadership as a form of service. But you don't call yourself a leader or a servant leader. You just serve like Jesus did. Jesus didn't call himself a servant leader. I am a servant leader. Jesus never did that. And you don't need to do that. Don't follow these sweet evangelicals with this foolishness. Just be a servant. We ought to be called ministers, which means servant. The magazine church leaders ought to be called church ministers. Oh, that don't sound that great. Well, we want to be a powerful leader. Leader means I want you to follow me, serve me, listen to me. And uh, some have stretched it now to not even be connected to the ministry. You are a great leader. If you're, if you're a simple, 
humble pastor of a church, they try to call you a great leader. You got 500 people following you. Let me tell you something. You can be a great leader and not have anybody following you. Contrary to my man, John Maxwell. You don't have to have anybody following you to be a great leader. The fact that you are a great servant of the Lord may mean that nobody will follow you. And you are probably the greatest of them all because you stood with God in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ didn't have a crowd when he was down here. He had, a, he had more enemies than he had uh, uh, people following him. And then those who followed him forsook him. Well, what, what, we say about, huh? what, what, what do you have to say about his leadership abilities? They forsook him. They denied him. They betrayed him. So what do you have to say, church leaders, about the leadership of Jesus Christ? He, he, let, he died with nobody following him but his mama and John. So what? I can't hear you. <laughs> you don't have anything to say, do you? And then he, when he came back from the dead, mind, mind you now, he, they had already seen him walk on the water, feed thousands with nothing, uh, almost, raise people from the dead. Now they see him again raised from the dead. He still had one of his followers who doubted him called Doubting Thomas. He, he, he still had to convince those folks who forsook him and left his mama at the cross by, by herself except for John. And two other ladies. He had four in the church when he died. <clears throat> and then had to visit the disciples. His, hap <laughs> His hapless church to convince them, you know, that I am he. To get them up again, going again. They had gone fishing. They quit the ministry and, and gone for just that quick. So how about his church leadership, Dr. Maxwell? He, 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 everything rises and falls on leadership. That's why the churches fall down flat on his face. And, and all of the great leaders that you all pumped up, they have quit on Jesus quit on God in the midst of trouble and chastisement and rebuke letting us know that they were not only not great leaders they were not even great Christians hello the servants are still hanging in there I told you Dr. Tony Evans I saw him another day uh, still preaching he's past 70 years old T.D. Jakes is still a preaching machine, and, and, and he rose to the occasion. He un these two men, whether you disagree with them or not, or like them or not, you say what you want to say. They both preached their best sermons throughout the coronavirus plague. They didn't miss a beat. You know why? Because here's the deal. A true servant of the Lord... 
knows how important it is, who's called by God to preach, to continue to preach the word no matter what the situation in season and out of season. Only the charlatans are not going to preach. They don't even see the need for it. But I'm here to tell you, a God-called person who called by God, they know that this is needed more than anything else. Dr. Tony Evans just wrapped up another pre preaching session, Bible teaching session in Colorado. You'll hear more about it in the future. That's what preachers, that, that's what God called preachers do. They're going to preach, son. They're going to teach. You understand me? Uh, in season, out of season, young, middle-aged, old, whatever, they don't, know, uh, they, don't, they don't know any better but to do that. It's just in them. Charles Stanley, same thing, 90-something plus years old, still shucking the corn, 30 hours to 40 hours a week, still preaching the gospel. That's what it's about. All of these other little things you're doing, you, you, you're probably not even called to preach. You, you leader, you. You stinking leader, you. You're probably not even saved. You are caught up in being a leader and got a t more concerned about what people call you. That is disgusting. That is disgusting. And from now on, if you are saved, don't call yourself another title. Your name is Susan, just say my name is Susan. Because the title meisters and the leadership meisters have ruined everything as far as that is concerned. It doesn't mean anything today. Don't worry about it. And this is really a, a lot of this is among my charismatic brethren. We got some Baptist brethren who do the same thing, but uh, cut it out. Cut it out. Nobody cares about that. When was the last person you gave somebody a gospel pamphlet? When was the last time you preached the gospel? Huh? When was the, time, when was the last time you witnessed to somebody in a hospital or in a prison? If you're not doing the job, don't worry about the title. And never worry about the title in the first place. Who cares? Nobody cares about that. Thus our Lord can both lead and serve at the same time, or should we say that he can lead by serving? Serving his servants at the second coming of, uh, serving his servants at the second coming of Christ is in no way inconsistent with his coming to rule. And the best example of that, as I told you, is Queen Elizabeth II, who some of us call the Great. Why was she great? She was committed to service somehow, some way. Maybe her dad, the king, trained her real good. I don't know. But she understood as a young lady, I'm here to serve. And she kept that all the way through. And that's hard to do unless you're saved and born again. And so, ladies and gentlemen, with that, I had uh, I had another point I wanted to uh, break into and deal with tonight, but God led me the way he wanted me to go.
And so I must close. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I praise you and I thank you for your holy word. I thank you, Lord, for your emphasis tonight on how that we need to be humble. We don't need to be emphasizing that we're some kind of a leader. We need to emphasize that we are servants. We don't need to be emphasizing that we have some kind of title when we don't. Uh, God, have mercy and grace upon us, and for Jesus Christ's sake, please forgive us of our pride, our wickedness, our arrogancy, and our sin, and desire to be recognized, and desire to be known as somebody special, as a so-called leader uh, with a title. Lord, help us, for those of us who are saved, help us never to even uh, allow ourselves to be that way. Those who are in the church, help them to understand that life is not about that. And by the power of your grace and by the power of your Holy Spirit, save them from that pride and foolishness as well as other sins and help them to become true born-again Christians. And Lord, I pray that you will help us to be like you and be a true servant for nobody served like you did. And we pray, Lord, tonight, save that soul that is near as hell. Reclaim the backslidden through the gospel. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. And so, let me speak to the sinners tonight uh, who are not saved, for we're all sinners. But if you have never truly believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in the free pardon of your sins, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. For the Bible says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou you shalt be saved. Believing in the Lord Jesus Christ, and calling on his name and asking him to save you, based upon your belief in him, is the only way that you can be saved. We are all sinners. We are already condemned because of our sin. But if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, as I told you in the message, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for our sins, was buried and rose from the dead, Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So that means that following some other man, some other pastor will not save you. Joining a church will not save you. Giving money to the church 
will not save you. Working and serving in the church will not save you. None of those things will save your soul. Getting baptized will not save you. Simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. For John the Baptist said, Behold, the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. Why did Jesus Christ take away the sin of the world? So that you could be saved from the burning hell and go to heaven and be a part of the divine reset, the new beginning. God wants you there with him. That's why Jesus Christ said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou you shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. Saved to what? Saved to heaven to be with God and Jesus Christ. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so, dear friend, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. Tomorrow is not promised you. You could be dead in a few hours or in a few minutes. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. So believe in him today. Trust in him today. And be saved today. I assure you that you will never regret it. I have been saved now and serving the Lord in a real sense for over 43 years. And I have never regretted my salvation. It is the most important part of my life knowing Jesus Christ is my Savior and serving Him. For as I pointed out to you, He has served us like uh, nobody else can. He being God in the flesh allowed Himself to be humiliated, naked before the world, bleeding from the top of His head to the bottom of His feet beaten beyond recognition for no reason, not for his sins, the most innocent man in the history of the world. And he died on the cross as the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world so that you can be saved and you have sinned many times. And so have I, and so has the Pope, and so has the Dalai Lama, and so has even Joel Osteen. We all are wicked evil, ungodly, wretched sinners. And Jesus Christ did that for us. He chose to allow himself to be disrespected beyond measure, mocked. People were so nasty to him they pulled off his beard. They mocked him so bad and how nobody but the devil can think of creating a crown of thorns. I would, have, I, I would have never thought of that in a million years. The devil is the one who put that in their mind. They, they, they threw dice 
at the cross of the God of the universe for his garments and he suffered and bled and died on the cross for our sins John the Baptist said behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world Jesus Christ is the holy sacrificial Lamb of God the Passover Lamb of God who suffered, bled, and died a cruel death on the cross, was buried and rose from the dead by the power of God. That is the gospel. That is the good news. God in the flesh died for your sins, my friend. Now that's serving and that's loving. That's love for you that's service for you and so I urge you to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou you shall be saved he paid it all and that's all you need to do is believe in him and he'll help you be what you should be in him and through him so follow me in prayer the sinner's prayer Mean it from your heart. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Don't pray it if you don't mean it. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a wicked, wretched sinner. I have broken your Ten Commandments by lying, by stealing, by lusting, after people and things by coveting what other people have by dishonoring and disobeying my parents by dishonoring your holy name by taking your holy name in vain and many other sins I have done repeatedly in your sight for Jesus Christ's sake please forgive me of all of my sins As I now believe in the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who took away the sins of the world, who suffered and bled and died on the cross for my sins, Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul tonight. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to repent of my sins. Help me to change. Help me to turn from my evil lifestyle and to follow you in the newness of life. Lord Jesus, for it is in your name I pray. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you just believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, as I quoted to you several times from the Bible, uh, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou, you, shalt be saved. If you believed in him, you are now saved. You also called on his name, if you did that in sincerity, and asked him to save you, 
you are now saved based upon the solid Word of God. It doesn't matter how you feel, it matters that you believed in Christ and you called on His name and asked Him to save your soul. And since you have done that, may I say to you congratulations for doing the most important thing in life, and that is believing on Christ, who suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day by the power of Almighty God. And so, to grow in the faith, please go to gospellightsociety.com and tap on my book that says what to do. The title is What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. This little book will lead you to the Bible every step of the way and give you the steps you need to take to grow into a strong Christian disciple. There's another book beside it titled How to Get Saved Straight from the Bible. Tap on that book. That's free as well. And that will help solidify what you just did in your mind. You might want to read that first and read this one second. And uh, email us as well. Email us from the email that's on your platform. We have multiple emails. And if you don't see an email, you can email me directly at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com. Let us know that you got saved uh, so that we can rejoice with you. If you need prayer, let us know that and we will pray for you with you we have more material to send to you and there's more materials available to you uh, several thousand podcasts and videos uh, go to gospel light society podcast just type that in or type in daniel white the third podcast and we've done thousands of podcasts if you listened to every one, it would take you years, literally maybe 10 years to listen to everything. But you will get a bona fide Bible education just by listening on your way to work, on your way home. Any uh, multiple subjects, 40, almost 40, 50 different subjects. Uh, things like 48 or 49 or something like that. Um apologetics, church history, prayer times two, uh, devotionals, devotions, uh, the uh, uh, standing between the living and the dead devotions, oftentimes going three hours by itself, uh, and uh, Bible reading, the scripture and the sense, if you just if you just tapped into those podcasts, you'll be good to go for the next three or four years. I mean, you'll grow by leaps and bounds. It's all available to you free of charge. 
you will you will get a Bible Institute Bible College education yea a seminary education because I'm just passing on to you what I learned in Bible College and in secular uh, a religious secular university and uh, seminary all accredited all available to you free of charge your heart will be blessed and sometimes really if you don't know how to have family devotion which you should have most important thing you'll do as a Christian is have family devotions I'm a, I'm a living witness is the reason why I was able to raise seven children with my wife being here but I did the raising and the reason why my family and I my wife and I who we are not that compatible but we have stayed together and stayed married for 34 years and now we're in the emptiness and I'm telling you how God wants you to do it from uh, the Bible and, there, and there's a bunch of podcasts on the family a bunch a bunch and, and, and some are included in the devotional so if you want to have devotion with your family you can uh, just listen plug in the podcast or whatever you do and just sit and listen to that for a while and prime the pump and then you take off from there you don't need to listen to the whole thing God will get you fired up just from listening to a half an hour or so 15 minutes 10 minutes or you can just have devotions with us when we pray you pray when we read the Bible you read the Bible when we do the Bible study you do it when we talk about the family you do it when we pray for other people you do it. that's all if you need a guide if you're a single parent your wife uh, widowed woman uh, single mother uh, in most cases I know you might get mad at me most cases you're not gonna have devotion with the children as you should I've, n I've never seen it in 43 years of, except for my I've seen my mother pray but that's that's pretty much it since I've been saved but I, 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 I have not seen that much of that and I've been a pastor of a church and all of that and most women need a man to lead them in devotions uh, I don't know why that is that might be a, a new phenomenon I don't know but I, I do know many women don't they're not going to do that as they should I'm not saying you can't I'm not saying there are not women who do it but there are many who don't and it's it, one of the reasons why let, let me tell you something men and women one of the toughest you don't get mad at me I'm just trying to help you because I've done this I fought this war of devotion the reason why God has allowed me to do devotions with people all over the world is because most were not doing it before the plague and the most important thing you need to do is to have family devotions to have if you're by yourself have your prayer time and reading the Bible your devotional time <clears throat> in the morning preferably because you're not gonna you're just not gonna make it as, a, as you should as a Christian if you don't okay so but let me tell you something the reason why I say that many women don't do this is uh, is because it's tough leading a family in devotions is tough why why is it tough 
It shouldn't be tough, but why is it tough? It is tough. Why is it tough? It's tough because the devil does not want you to do that. And very few people, and very few women, very few men have the fortitude. And, and there's some men who are worse than women. There's some pastors, I know for a fact, who are worse than men and women in the church regarding family and devotion. Don't bow your head yet, pastor. You know it's true because you, you're the one who told me. When I went to your church and the first sermon I preached was on prayer. Prayer, the main ingredient. Or this is a praying time. At the end of the service, when you when you and your you went and got your wife and you came to the altar, when you took me to Denny's or whatever restaurant we went to at the church, as we Baptists do, you told me to my face that you don't. That's a big problem in your life. You don't pray as you should. You told me that. Multiple pastors have told me that. One of the reasons, and I, I, I found out why. Most pastors are general practitioners. They have general multiple gifts. They have a charismatic gift as well. And things, tra attracting people and keeping people in the church is really based upon their gifts. So they really don't have to work hard at it. So they don't pray as they should. Because God gives them multiple gifts and they ride on that powerlessly. So they don't pray with their wife and children until something blows up. And it will blow up. See, most pastors don't pray. They don't, as they should. That's, that's the problem with the church today. Pastors can preach. Pastors can love on people. Pastors have the ability to fix things. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, yes. They're good at it. I thank God for good pastors. And by the way, my friends, if you have a pastor <clears throat> who takes a long time to get stuff done, if you have a pastor, when you try to talk to him, if he does not interrupt you and tell you what your problem is and, your, and the answer, you don't have a good pastor. You need to move your, your, your church membership. Because <laughs> a good pastor can tell you what your problem is and solve your problem. They don't have to listen to you all day and for a whole week and come in for another session. No. Five minutes and it's done. And not that he's rushing you, but he gets to the point. He knows how. He, this is what he does. You can come and try to talk to him for 10 minutes and won't get to the point. And, and he's going to tell you what the problem is, and here's the solution, okay? So you need some money, you need an apartment, and uh, you need uh, some uh, money for utilities and so forth. Okay, now hold on one second. Hey, Deacon Derek. Deacon, Deacon, come here. All right, look here, I need to, uh, for you to write a check uh, to pay for this family's rent, and uh, I want you to give them $1,000 so they can pay up their utilities and also uh make sure they got some fried chicken and he'll and he'll and he'll he'll be he'll be doing it so lovingly he won't make you feel like you're a burden see huh if if, if you don't have a pastor who can get it done and done and already knows what needs to be done and still don't make you feel like you're just another number because we do have a few pastors like that who are not gifted and they make you feel like a number and they use stupid language like, let me plug you in with so and so. No, I don't want to be plugged in. I want to talk to you and I want you to solve it. You get plugged in with somebody. 
<laughs> don't send me to somebody. Then I got to explain everything else to them. They don't even know what I'm talking about. It's going to be drawn long and drawn out. You're trying to put me off with somebody else. You're the pastor. I want you to handle all that. See? Hi, pastor. Yes, sir. Yeah. And he can do it. If he's a good pastor. Done. Done. And won't make you. And then actually, is there something else I can help you with? Won't be in a rush. Now, if you don't have a pastor like that, I don't know what to tell you. I know a pastor who can anticipate, don't even know me. Does not even know me. He would not. It, it, the truth is, he wouldn't like me. And I probably wouldn't like him. We're so different. I never had to ask him for anything. He knew what I needed somehow, some way, because God told him. And he has helped my family tremendously to this day. And in case my children don't know, it's because of God's favor and God's touching this man and his wife and his ministry to show me favor is the reason why they're living in a mansion and driving a Mercedes. They, they, don't, they don't know that. They don't know that I know that. And they don't, they may not put it together, but I'm telling you, see, so... Okay. They can fix it. And fix it real good. Okay. That's what a godly. God called pastor can do. And he does not do that just for me. He's done it for other people before me. And he does not want any credit. He does not want to even be known. He doesn't want to know. He doesn't want anybody to know it was him. You know, he didn't want me to know it because he never told me. God told me. Evidently, God told him, I want you to help this preacher. <laughs> this preacher needs some help. He's not going to come to you. Uh, it's not because he's proud. He's just not going to try to uh, uh, do what many preachers do and, 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 and uh, use your church uh, for his own personal uh, needs. And desires, and that he's just not going to do that. Okay, so that's the kind of pastor you need, and they are few and far between. I, I don't need a pastor. I got to. I got to tell you for a whole hour what's going on. You, I mean, you ought to be. You ought to know. Once I say I got. Listen, I have three pastors, and they're like that. I may say three words, and the head doing like this. Right? Okay, I got you. Okay, here's what we need to do. Bam. What? You didn't hear that? Bam a lamb. <laughs> it's over. It's taken care of. I got you. That's it. Now that's God, my friend. God put that in them to be able to do that. So I don't I love good pastors, man. They get things done. Okay? Now this service has been over for a while, I believe. Hasn't it? Didn't I tell the people to do what they need to do? Yeah, alright. God bless you, dear friends. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow morning and tomorrow night. If the Lord tarries is coming and we live and, and God does not tell me to go sit down somewhere and rest. Semper Fidelis, that's Marines, always faithful. Semper Supra, that's Air Force, always above. Keep your heart and mind stayed on the Lord and he'll keep you. In perfect peace. God bless you, my friends. 
Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow.